Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. Iron sharpens iron comes from Proverbs 27, 17, which reads as iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And really what we're trying to do here at the ISI Life and on this podcast is to help people do things God's way. We do that through what we call our five F's, which are faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness. And rather than compartmentalizing all those five, how can you put faith at the center of that wheel? And how can faith integrate into your family, into your faculty, into your finances, and in your fitness? How can you do things God's way? And that's the shift that we're trying to make, trying to give you tools and resources and share stories and examples that can help you uh, live out that life, the best life that God has designed for you. So this podcast uh, really is focused on that. And there's two great verses that I wanted to share with you. One is Ecclesiastes 10.10. It says, if the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. That's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is to capture some of that wisdom so that uh, we love hard work, but we also don't want you to fall into the same traps that others have fallen before. And you can learn from some of that wisdom to help you succeed. Second is Proverbs 28, 26, which says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Again, that word wisdom is, is what we're trying to capture. Those who've gone before us have some wisdom that we don't have. So, and speaking of wisdom, today we have Josiah Lundberger, the director of the National Institute for Faith and Work. And when we talk about faith and work, I think Josiah and the work that they're doing at NIFW is a bullseye for how we can have those perspective shifts on how our work matters and the integration of faith and work. Uh, Josiah is an, an awesome guy, married to his wife, Brittany, has one daughter, Shenley, and he recently spoke at our Nashville retreat about faith and work and how our work can matter. And that's really what our conversation is about today. So I, I really hope you enjoy this conversation and get something out of it. Uh, without further ado, to the conversation with Josiah. All right, Josiah, thank you so much for um, being on the ISI Life podcast today. I'm super excited to connect with you. Nick, thanks so much. It's a privilege to be a part. As I was uh, prepping for our conversation, it just, you know, part of our, our big five Fs are, you know, one is faith and, and faculty. And um, this is exactly <laughs> what you're doing and, and your role within your organization. So, man, I feel like this is going to be a bullseye conversation for those looking to integrate faith in their and their work. Oh, so. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to chat. And uh, National Institute for Faith and Work is a really special organization. And being able to equip people to live on mission in their daily work is just a real privilege for me. That's awesome. So how did, give us a little history on how you got into this current role and yeah, in your organization. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. A little bit of my background. I'm from Western Pennsylvania and uh, grew up the son of a pastor. My wife's the, the daughter of a pastor. And we met on the track team at Grove City College. And yeah, so I was a long distance runner. And my wife, she was a triple jumper, long jumper. And one of my first jobs out of college, I was actually a college track and field and cross country coach uh, at East Tennessee State University as a grad assistant and then at a school called Milligan College, also in Johnson City, Tennessee. And uh, man, I just loved the opportunity I had to be able to invest in young men and women and uh, their athletic career, but also in their journey of faith, wherever they were, whether they were a brand new follower of Christ or someone who was just considering faith for the first time. I love the opportunity I had to help them connect the dots in their own spiritual journey. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it was during that time when I was coaching that God actually drew my heart to serving in church ministry, where I really 
felt a draw to uh, help people experience freedom in Christ and just the value of the gospel for the whole Christian life. Not just that we're saved by grace, but really the whole Christian journey is about relying on God's grace and Jesus more deeply to sustain us and empower us for our lives. And it's interesting during that time that I spent in the church, 10 years in a traditional church context, my time that I always spent in coaching was on my mind because there were people who I could impact in their spiritual journey as a coach who interestingly never really cared to have a conversation with me when I was working in a church. And so I've always had a mindset of how can I equip everyday followers of Jesus to really embrace their own opportunities at work as mission. And so coming to Nashville to lead the Nashville Institute for Faith and Work, this is really what my job is all about. The National Institute for Faith and Work exists to really help men and women think well about faith and work theologically and consider what it means to embrace their own work as part of God's mission. That's what we're all about. That's awesome. Yeah, that is that is really cool. I mean, it's it's interesting that you you know you have this opportunity um, even just outside your your role in the church, and um, being able to make that impact is super cool. Because I think we're all trying to do that. It's one of the things that I think a lot of the guys that come to retreats, you know, wanting to feel fulfilled, wanting to feel mm. like their work matters, yes. to, you know, just put so much time and energy into you know what we do for a living or through our or the work that we have to do. And so I'm excited to have that conversation and help you know, give guys, um, little nuggets of, of hope and inspiration on how, how those two can be connected and how it can and be a beautiful thing in our life. Hey, same with me. Like you said, our work can be such an enriching thing for us and we can find a sense of fulfillment in our work and participating in God's mission. But I know that so many of us, we struggle with performance-based self-worth and feeling as if it's my accomplishments at work. It's my it's my performance that defines me and makes me who, my, who I am. It's my job title that people can look at it and see that my life really matters. And so I think for so many of us, we can become mixed up in what we look to work to provide for us. Hmm. And while our work can be something that's incredibly fulfilling, ultimately, we know that Jesus Christ, he's, he's the only one who can satisfy us in a way that lasts. And sometimes we just put an expectation on our work to provide for us what it's never going to be able to, instead of being a good thing in our lives, it gives us a sense of greater meaning and purpose in participating in God's mission and, and seeking the common good of this world. We can look to our work to be this ultimate thing that can satisfy us when ultimately only Jesus can do that. And so really, mm-hmm. I get to have a lot of these conversations with people and uh, help them think about what, what does it look like to engage in our work as something that's beautiful, something that's a meaningful opportunity for us to find a, a deeper sense of purpose, but also how can how can we hold it in right perspective so that we're not disappointed by uh, making our work an idol? Hmm. So if, if someone, uh, that's awesome. If someone comes <laughs> to you, they don't know you, they're, they're struggling, they're, you know, exhausted or burnout, just not feeling fulfilled, not feeling, you know, fulfilled or, you know, like they're really on fire for what they're doing and they don't have that connection. And they say, Josiah, like, help me out. Where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> where, where, where do you go with them? That's a great question. I think really what we want to do is help people gain a biblical theology of work and return to the story of scripture and find a grounding there and, and what work is really about. And from the earliest pages of scripture, we see that God created work as something good. God created work as an avenue for people to find joy and purpose in him and in his good creation. In the pages of scripture, we have the cultural mandate right at the beginning of Genesis chapter one, where God talking to Adam is this command to be fruitful and multiply that God has made us in his image. And part of 
the way that we would image him is by increasing in number, filling the earth and subduing it, ruling over creation. And so mm-hmm. work is a good gift that God has given us. But as you progress through the pages of scripture, just just a few lines down the road, we see that because of our human sin, work has become a burden rather than a blessing. And so in line with Adam and Eve turning away from God's commands and seeking to live as their own authority, we see in Genesis chapter three that one of the results of that decision, the fall of mankind into sin, is that the ground is cursed. Work has become difficult. Our work is is no longer this life-giving thing in some ways that God created to be. It's it's because of sin that our work can be frustrating and unsatisfying and stressful or even boring. <laughs> it's because mm-hmm. of sin that work is broken. And so I, I think that when we return to the story of scripture, we can think about work in a new way, that it's this gift that God has given us to image him and, and participating in our work. We can find a real a real sense of joy and meaning. However, we do live in this world that has fallen. It's, it's not what God has intended things to be. And so as a result of our own sin nature, following in the footsteps of Adam and Eve, our first parents, we too can experience the brokenness of work. And I, I know that for so many of us, that can be a discouraging thing. But really, as we progress through the story of Scripture, what we find in, in the story of Jesus is a hope that through the gospel, God's in the process of renewing all things and work is part of his plan. And so what that means for us in our approach to work is that through faith in Christ, we can experience renewal from the inside out, each and every one of us who have hope in him. But really what, what we aim to accomplish at the National Institute for Faith and Work is helping followers of Jesus think with imagination and creativity about how can I be someone who partners with Jesus in his redemptive work in the world through the way that I would think about the problems of my own field, through the way that I would consider my opportunities in my workplace or in my city. What does it look like for me as a follower of Jesus who has hope in the God who is making all things new to bring that to bear in the here and now? And like, I think that's amazing. So on those points, so you know, partnering with Jesus, opportunities in our in sphere of influence in our city. What are some yeah. some ways where you help people think about that? They say, tell me more. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Uh, g- give me an example uh, yeah. of what that creativity looks like. Well, I think a good foundation for this conversation is really this, this biblical theology background and also helping people as an understanding of a Christian worldview, really look at their work in light of the reality of a fallen world where we have an opportunity as people who are recipients of God's grace to be partners with him in his redemptive work. And I think the fact of the matter is a lot of Christians don't really have much education on how to engage their work as part of this redemptive mission of Jesus Christ. Uh, A few numbers for us to think about. Let's say the average Christian goes to church 50 weeks a year for two hours. You know, if, if you're showing up at church 50 Sundays a year, you're probably winning a perfect attendance award. <laughs> and uh, pretty solid attendance, pretty solid track record. Yes. And uh, hey, I'm no mathematical genius, but that works out to 100 hours a year. And so here we are, 100 hours a year in church. You're doing real well in your attendance. But let's say the average person who's a follower of Jesus Christ, you're working 40 hours a week for 50 weeks a year. So that puts us at 2,000 hours a year. And that's a pretty big difference in the amount of time we're spending between church and work. And Mm -hmm. what a bummer it would be if the only time we can really live as people of faith is when we're in a church environment, right? 
But here's, here's a number that's pretty staggering. This is from the Barna Group, a research association, uh, recent research from 2012. 84% of Christians between the ages of 18 and 29 indicate that they have no idea how the Bible relates to their field or professional life. And so these are people who would say, yeah, scripture informs the way that I think about my life, the world, and I've made a commitment to trust in Jesus personally. 84% of Christians who would fit that bill between the ages of 18 and 29 would say, I have no idea how the Bible relates to their field or professional life. And so there's a real lack of awareness on what faith and work integration looks like. And uh, Nick, I don't know if if you've ever caught yourself thinking this or if you've known anyone who's had this mentality, but we can have this sacred versus secular divide in our minds, right? Like there are these certain types of work that are more spiritual than others. Like if you're a pastor or you're a missionary, like that's kind of the A team. Or if you're someone who does like an overtly service oriented profession, you're a doctor, you're a social worker, you're an educator. Okay. Like you're doing some really cool stuff too. It's still spiritual, but, but you're on the B team. And then, uh, mm-hmm. hey, if you're someone who's got a, a company that's doing apparel merchandising as a startup, <laughs> like, hey, like, that's really cool, man. But how is that spiritual work? Have, have you ever known anybody who wrestled with that sort of secular, sacred versus secular divide mindset? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last one, I mean, our, our company is a uh, university of and yeah. it's, uh, you know, being in the apparel space, it's like, how, how do you connect t-shirts to you know, faith, how can you, how can you live that out in the workplace or what does that mean? What's the, what's the connection? Yeah. So black and white. And what's really tricky is sometimes in the church, there are Christians who are navigating complex questions about what it looks like for them to live out their faith in their Mm -hmm. work. But where do you really have those conversations? I mean, even in a life group, small group Bible study context with church, oftentimes the only conversations people have about their job are like, Hey, my work's kind of tough right now. Would you pray for me? Or man, I'm just done with my boss and I'm, I'm looking to get out of here. Would you pray that God would lead me in a new direction? Uh, it's pretty, pretty rare to have conversations about, Hey, like what opportunities has God put in front of you to be someone who in light of your hope in him could actually be an agent for change in this place that you work, that, that the values that are driving your organization, your company would come in in line with God's own heart. How could you do that in such a way that it would, it would be something that's faithful to, to who God has called you to be, but even winsome to those who in your office don't know Christ would see something about your own heart as a result of God's work in your life and, and that they would be changed through that. And uh, I think the fact of the matter is a lot of Christians, when it comes to the idea of living out our faith at work, we're like, okay, so is that like evangelism? Because at my job, I don't think I could have a conversation about, you know, my personal hope in Jesus Christ is the one who can save me from my sins. Like if I bring that up with some coworkers in the places God called me, there are a lot of people who'd be concerned, like they might get fired Mm -hmm. or is the, the other, you know, side of the coin, there are some business leaders who'd be like, so for me, like, am I supposed to try and become the Chick-fil-A of insurance offices? Is that Mm -hmm. the, the mark that I'm aspiring to hit? And, uh, certainly I am a lover of Chick-fil-A from a food perspective. (laughs) And, you know, there are a lot of great, (laughs) yeah, it's God's chosen chicken. And so there are a lot of great things they're doing from a business perspective as well. But I think that sometimes we don't have stories. We don't have examples to think about what does it look like for everyday people and complex scenarios, maybe when they're even not the primary leader who's setting the company culture 
to, to be people who could seek to forward God's kingdom in the places that he's called them. And so really what we aim to do is in a variety of settings, have theological conversations with people about God's character and about the world that we live in and put examples in front of one another and discuss them in the context of community of, of people who are doing faith and work integration well. And I think when we have those kind of examples, you know, that, that spur our imagination from, from other people's stories, we can start to envision a new way of what it would look like for us to, to be a part of God's greater work in our own lives. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure in your, you know, organization, your, your, you know, front seat to a lot of these examples of how people are doing that and sharing, you know, via the different organ, uh, programs you put on and, and whatnot. But hey, it's you really think cool. Back, yeah. And as you think back to the last like, you know, week or two or the last month, have there been any, you know, stories um, of people you've come in contact with that you think would be relevant, to, you know, to share here of, of, you know, someone who really maybe didn't understand that connection, but, you know, maybe now gets it and understands how, how that integration of faith and work. That's occur? great. Yeah. Great question. So a guy who comes to mind for me that I'd love to share his story is a man named Dr. Brian Lidman, who's a cardiac research physician here in Nashville. And Brian is a follower of Jesus Christ. And the way that he embraces his work is a cardiac physician who someone's, this is someone whose specialty is research on one valve of the heart. And it'd be really easy to say like, okay, like if you're a doctor and you're, you're helping people in a hands-on kind of way, like that's really meaningful in a service oriented way in in your faith in, in Christ. I can see how that would be something that ties together. But Brian is a guy who's you know, doing work in a lab and sitting in front of a computer, pouring over articles. And so what does it look like for him to do faith and work integration? Brian's mindset is that in a fallen world where the decay of sin affects us spiritually and also physically, there are people who are dying as a result of this cardiac issue that he is researching solutions around. And so for him, he views his work as a cardiac researcher as bringing newness to people and a life-limiting disease. And so providing solutions for people to be able to experience an extended life or even be saved from death as a result of this research. And so for him as a follower of Jesus Christ, he sees a very overt connection in what he's doing. And I think that the work that he's doing could be very similar to to what it would be without that Christian worldview. The, the, The work is the same. You're sitting in a lab, you're reading through articles, you're pouring over research and thinking about new solutions. The work might look the same, but your heart mindset is entirely different. And when you do it as unto the Lord with a heart to participate in the work of Jesus in the here and now, it becomes worship. And I honestly think that when we engage our work as worship, we do have a greater effectiveness in the way that we're able to think about the solutions that that really our faith in Jesus would cause us to bring. And uh, another really cool example, there's a man who did one of our programs here at NIFW. It's called the Gotham Fellowship. And this is in partnership with uh, Redeemer Church, Redeemer City to City Ministry out of New York City, uh, first organization to really do faith and work in a a high level kind of way. A man named Thomas Hunter, who's here in the city of Nashville, and and one of his areas of leadership is with the local prison system. And Thomas, through his time in the Gotham Fellowship, is is part of his creative thinking and doing a a program, a project to bring cultural renewal here to our city, he created an endeavor to bring mental health and wellness initiatives to folks in the prison system because they saw that a significant number of people who are committing crimes were mentally unwell. 
And it wasn't that they were bad people. It was that they were mentally unhealthy and they needed support. And as a result of his participation in our program, things that God was doing in his own life as a result of extended time in that field, Thomas has begun some programs here in the city of Nashville in the prison system that in a real intangible way, they've been able to reduce crime and repeat offenses by providing people with mental health and wellness initiatives. And uh, yeah, I just love it. Uh, to be able to have a front seat and seeing those kind of stories is really cool. But uh, the best part of this work is that is God is, is doing more than just impacting individuals. There's a ripple effect to his work in people's lives as a result of them getting in community and talking about what it looks like to have a redemptive presence in their field, in their city. And uh, through that through that initiative, those conversations that are taking place in community, uh, God's doing things in our city in a real and tangible way. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. And it just, you know, my own experience, sometimes you just get a perspective shift when you, when you see somebody or hear somebody and you think, oh my gosh, I never thought about it that way. And then you can never see things the same as you saw them before. And, you mm -hmm. know, you just gave two great examples of, you know, somebody, you know, someone could easily think I'm a researcher, you know, researching one valve of the heart and how could I possibly integrate my faith into this you know, research lab? But you hear a story like that and then you think, oh my gosh, not at all. I'm just thinking about it totally wrong. You know, my, what do they say? My thinking is thinking. So mm. <laughs> those are great, you know, great stories and examples. And that's, that's one of the great things about, um, you know, what you're doing and, and really what we're trying to do with ISI is get people together to share their varied experiences so they can have those perspective shifts and, and see things through a different lens. So I love it. It's awesome. Yes. And I got to see that and experience that in a really cool way at our retreat here in Nashville uh, just a few months ago here, a few weeks ago here with uh, ISI. And Nick, something that really rang true with each of us is that we all have a desire to serve God in a meaningful way. And we all struggle with making work an idol, performance, achievement, our, our sense of significance because of our title and our accomplishments. We can just become so caught up in those things. But when we find freedom in Jesus and we know that it is his grace that makes us who we are, we can engage our work as an opportunity to serve God in response as a response of gratitude to what we've received through him. It's no longer about us justifying ourselves. And what's really cool is when we have this gospel mindset and approach to our work, and it's no longer just about us uh, feeling as if we're enough, then we can engage our work with real ambition and, and strive to give our absolute best because it's about something so much bigger than just feeling as if we're enough ourselves. And there's a quote from the pastor and author, John Stock, that really gets me fired up in thinking about this. He writes, ambitions for God, if they are to be worthy, can never be modest. There is something inherently inappropriate about cherishing small ambitions for God how can we ever be content that he should acquire just a little more honor in the world? Christians should be eager to develop their gifts, widen their opportunities, extend their influence, and be given promotion in their work, not now to boost their own ego or to build their own empire, but rather through everything they do to bring glory to God. And so I just want to encourage men and women that when our hope is in Jesus, we have a new way of seeing this world and we have a new way of engaging our work. And Sometimes it can, it can be a challenge in the Christian world to say like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to head in the opposite direction that I know is healthy and make my work an idol. And so, you know, my goal is just not to make my work an idol, but I don't want us to miss out on the fact that as followers of Jesus, 
We don't want to just avoid making work an idol. We want to pursue our work with ambition, that we would be people who really are able to show those around us in our workplace, in our city, and even more widely, the difference that knowing Jesus makes in the way that we would engage our field. And so I just find a lot of joy and a lot of energy in that purpose that we get to be a part of through Christ. That's so cool. It's got to be really rewarding to be in this role you're in now and to to see people have that light bulb moment of how to make that connection. That's just got to be so rewarding yeah. <laughs> to, see, to see that. Yeah. And like um, I said, we have some cool programs for theological learning. Uh, this fellowship program that we operate called the Gotham Fellowship. We have a Foundations of Faith and Work course that people can find on our website, nifw.org, where you can have a learning opportunity in your own community to chat through this kind of stuff. But if I'm being fully honest, man, like getting face to face with people and sitting down and grabbing a mm-hmm. coffee and just talking about how God's working in their life and the opportunities that he's put in front of them and how they're navigating their challenges by faith. That is the most rewarding part for me. And mm-hmm. uh, I think for all of us, the times that God grows us the most are probably the moments where in the moment, <laughs> in the time, in the season, we probably wish we could have gotten rid of it and fast forwarded ourselves. But uh, God uses those things in our story in a profound way. So just to be able to encourage people and support them in their own faith and work journey just brings me real joy. Oh, that's awesome. So if someone's listening to this and you've, you've piqued their interest, they're, uh, they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm at that spot where maybe uh, I don't quite see the connection, but I could see how it's possible. I could see these examples you've given and how, how there could be a connection. What would you recommend that someone, what actions would you recommend someone take? Yeah. So I think a great next step would be to dig into some resources I would, would love to recommend. The first is a book called Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller. And uh, Tim Keller, the Protestant Pope, uh, Mm -hmm. great, great writing here that provides a theological framework from a biblical reform perspective on on what it looks like for us to engage our work as mission. And as part of this story of scripture, Christian worldview that we've been talking about today. So every good endeavor, awesome resource. And if you're in a a small group of guys, if, if you're in a group of women uh, people who are considering the questions of what faith and work integration looks like uh, from a boots on the ground kind of perspective. There's a group study guide that would be an awesome next step as well. It's called the Gospel Centered Life at Work. And this is a great 10 week discussion. I'm working through a group through a group study with this uh, material right now this summer here in Nashville on a weekly basis. And it's going to provide a great perspective on how the story of Jesus gives us a uh, new understanding on the way that we engage the opportunities and challenges of our own work setting. So I'd love to see people so check cool. those out. Awesome. Very cool. Well, you've definitely, uh, you know, motivated me to even further integrate faith and work and, and hopefully there's some really good nuggets in here that people could take action on and, and get involved with. Um, and, and I was on your website too, nifw.org and man, I just, I went down the blog trail of uh, entrepreneurship and, you know, the different topics you have on there. And there was, there's so much good stuff on there. So that'd be another you know place uh-huh. I would definitely recommend checking out. You guys are doing a great job building that out and giving people resources. Thanks, Nick. I'm, I'm curious for you and your own journey as a mm-hmm. business leader, what are some of the ways that you're kind of hopeful that God will grow you and use you and your own faith and work integration as you think about the next few years? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, it's, it's hopefully that I maintain, uh, you know, really, I feel like we're in the people business, mm. our, uh, our, our company, you know, our why our motto is, um, to develop people and change lives. 
And, um, you know, there's a lot of ways that that can occur. But I think over, over time, different people have come into, you know, my sphere of influence and have, you know, exited. And I think when I have that opportunity to, to you know, uh, one, sharpen myself by always making myself, you know, more aware and the best version of myself that, that God created me to be. But then also that coupled with whoever I have around me, who is ever, you know, to the right and left of me and across the table from me, um, new people that are coming to our organization or anybody that I have the the gift of having the ability to have a relationship with is, you know, how I can be there for them. You know, whether that's simply just to, to going through something, I can, you know, pray for them or if it, the relationship develops and we can, you know, go, I've gone through, uh, you know, things like uh, Operation Timothy with people. And that's been extremely rewarding to really go, go to some depths with people wow. and, um, just different, different levels, um, of, you know, making sure I'm, I'm not wasting the gift of influence, uh, wherever that may be. I love it. Thanks for sharing that, man. And, and I just want to encourage you to keep going and what you're doing and, What's really neat to think about is even as a business leader in the, in the moments that are really challenging and in the most difficult conversations, sometimes those are going to be your greatest moments of opportunity to have totally. people see the difference that your faith in Christ makes. Because I love the way you articulated that you are in the people business and your business is, is thriving because you're investing in the people first rather than worrying about what they produce. And, mm -hmm. uh, and when you care about people, What's really fascinating is you find that they tend to be more productive, <laughs> but a lot of people want to be uh, so driven for the result that they get the cart before the horse. And uh, yeah, God's going to honor that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and I and also find too that if if I, you know, if we genuinely care about people, that they will then do the same or they're more likely to do the same uh, for the people on, on their teams or whoever they come in contact with. And it, that becomes the the culture and the norm within, you know, within the business. So Absolutely. Because we can, I can't, you know, as a leader, we have, you know, quite a few team members and I can't be with everybody at all times. It's not realistic, but what we can do is set that culture of, of love and of compassion and maybe taking a, a second to ask about, their kids or their family, their weekend, and, and really genuinely care, you know, then we're more likely to have that kind of culture within our organization. Well said. So, yeah. I love it. Well, it's been super fun uh, getting to know you. And I, I mean, I feel like I want to just dig in more to, you know, some of these resources you've given and uh, just know more about NIFW and, and get, get more plugged in there. But um, as we kind of wrap up, just one, one quick uh, question for you, because I always am curious about people's joy and where they find happiness. Yes. And then we can close in a word of prayer. But for you, what brings you uh, lots of joy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. What brings me the most joy is just seeing people find freedom, enjoy themselves in Jesus and come alive and being a part of his redemptive work in the world. When people come to see the, uh, pardon me, when people come to see the, the freedom that is there in the gospel, that we don't have to justify ourselves, but that Jesus has completely accomplished all that we need, and that through faith in him, we can be restored to God and, and be a part of a work that will have a eternity of significance. It just gives me such joy to people, to see people find their own story as part of that greater story. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super rewarding. I imagine that just kind of fills, overflows your cup. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> that's cool. Well, Josiah, it's been a pleasure, you know, having you on today. And hopefully this conversation was, was helpful to oh, at least you. one person who's listening. I'm sure it will be. I have no doubt. Um, but uh, would you close us in a word of prayer? 
Thanks so much, Nick. I really appreciate you having me on. I'd love to pray for us. Father, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have this conversation and every person who will be touched by the ministry of ISI. God, will you use each of us for your purposes, that we would know the depth of your love for us through your son, Jesus Christ, that we would be people who give our lives away in serving in response to the way that you have served us. God, would you help us to see our work as part of your greater story and to engage the opportunities and even the most challenging moments of our work every day as an opportunity to shine the light on the one who brings life from death. And we pray that you'd fill us with your spirit to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Such an awesome guy. Uh, So thankful that by doing this ministry, we get connected to awesome people doing great things in Josiah and uh, NIFW is, is no different. Hopefully you got something out of that. I, uh, I definitely got a lot out of that, even sharing his two examples of those gentlemen who had those perspective shifts on how their work matters and how they can integrate it. Um, to me, that those are huge and those stories um, are everywhere. And, you know, one of the, the couple of things I took away is that opportunity is all around us, no matter what we do, no matter the line of work. Uh, it's just a matter of how we think about the people that we work with the work that we do and how that product or service can add value and enrich people's lives. And, um, you know, sometimes we think about this being some, you know, magical intervention where we're going to have this awesome moment. Really, it's just the everyday stuff, the people that you, you know, brush shoulders with and how you can use, you know, right where God has you to, to make a difference and how your work can matter. And, um, you know, the, also just the power of engaging in stories and surrounding yourselves with people who can share stories uh, continue to sharpen you up, equip you, and um, you know, listen to this podcast. Uh, you know, just proactively engaging in some type of study or relationship that's going to help keep you sharp is uh, one of the key takeaways I had from you know the conversation as well. Um, just a couple of housekeeping things before we totally wrap up is we have some amazing things coming up with ISI over the next uh, couple months. Um, so one of them is we've in in Cleveland. We have teamed up with FMU for a really fun FMU Freedom 5K Festival on Saturday, August 6th. It's a 5K. There's also a one-mile kids run. Super fun event. Uh, Theo and Amber and FMU Fitness, they've been one of our uh, return speakers. I think Theo has spoke at least three times at different retreats over the years about how we can integrate our faith and our fitness. So they're great people. Love if you uh, can come out and support. It's 9, nine to noon on, on Saturday, August 6th over on Avon. And then we also have a men's retreat, the ISI Life men's retreat coming up on September 9th and 10th at Bellwether Farm. Uh, it's going to be an amazing retreat. Really looking forward to that this this fall. And then we also have our marriage retreat, a little bit bigger event, but you know you might need to put this on your calendar. Well, this is our second annual marriage retreat. We have some amazing speakers. Uh, some of the attendees that are coming will just inspire you in big ways. It's November 4th through the 6th. Uh, it will be up in Cleveland. So if that sounds like something that you and you know, your spouse might want to come and, and get away and, and be sharpened up in your marriage, uh, we'd love to see you there. So thank you for listening. And hopefully this, this message and this conversation today was a blessing to you. Um, you can find out all of the stuff about ISI at our website, theisilife.com. That's where we have all the show notes, the books, links, um, podcasts, show notes from today's conversation and, and a whole lot more. So Thanks for listening in. Um, Hope you were sharpened. Uh, Stay sharp and God bless everybody.